Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. We have an in-studio guest today. Jennifer Fleck is going to be our guest. I'll talk a little bit more about her in a minute. You know, we a lot of times don't have guests in the studio. It's something we welcome. But many times we're dealing with people that their schedules are different. They're in different parts of the state. Sometimes we do interview people that are outside of the state, even though they do things that impact Texas. And so a lot of times you'll hear their audio, even though I'm in the studio. But it's great to have someone in, in the studio. We got someone else in the studio, sort of. This is a picture of Dennis Prager. We're excited to announce, just confirmed yesterday, you're the first audience to hear this, Dennis Prager is going to be our keynote speaker for the Texas Values Gala on November 15th in Houston. That's a Friday night. Look, we've had a lot of tickets sell already for our gala, but they're going to start flying. Now that we're announcing Dennis Prager, he's really one of the most widely known audiences in conservative circles and really sort of mainstream, if you will, when you look at some of the information that he's producing, the long-standing radio show he has, Prager You, all these great videos, a lot of good stuff. Dennis Prager is now going to be the keynote speaker for the Texas Values Gala. Go to txvalues.org forward slash gala. Get your tickets now. I'm telling you, this event will sell out. Kelly Shackelford's also going to be there. Senator Angela Paxton, uh, State Representative Tom Oliverson, and a whole bunch of other folks that you're going to be interested to hear from. But... A lot's been happening this week here locally. The gala's in Houston, but we're going to switch gears back to Austin and talk about what's happening. You know, we're in Austin, even though we are a statewide organization, we have people in all 254 counties that are a part of the work we do. We live, or our office is in Austin, and many of us either live in Austin or close by, uh, neighboring uh, suburbs or school districts or whatever. And so, look, you got to take care of your own backyard, okay? And so even though Austin's one of the most liberal areas, the school district is no different, if, if not worse, when it comes to public policy. Uh, look, we care about people that are in public schools in, in, in Austin. And though many of us either homeschool or have our kids in private school or people's uh, kids are raised, a huge majority of students go to public school, and that's no different in Austin. And so one of the voices that's having the most impact on these issues and really being a voice for parents across the Austin area is Jennifer Fleck. Okay, so she's here with us to talk about some of these issues. And look, you know, gosh, you hear discussions about sex ed and, you know, I have young children and you almost don't want to, you walk this balance of telling them things, but not wanting them to hear too much. And so if you're listening to this audio or if you're in the radio, I do want to caution you that we're likely to get into some sensitive material. Now, for our Facebook listeners, we're live right now. And so, you know, that's up to you how you want to handle this, where you are. Uh, but we're likely to get into some sensitive areas, not because it's about shock value or any of that, but if we're uncomfortable talking about it, it probably means it's not right for it to be taking place in public schools. But here's the thing. It's not as if there's not value to children and parents having a conversation about what's going on when their bodies are changing and things of that nature, preventative care and so on. But that's not what's happening in public schools, particularly in Austin ISD. A lot of what you see is extremely biased. It's in a way that you know, I, I think suggest that it's okay to do certain things and, and really almost encourages it, if you will. It, um, and so it's inappropriate. And, and many parents, they want to have the conversation with their child. They don't want the government involved in this as early as first grade or kindergarten too. And so, so we're going to talk about some of that 
Jennifer Fleck is an attorney here in the Austin area. We were just catching up a little bit. I didn't know we had this connection, Jennifer, from 2013. And I smile about it because it's just kind of, it's fun sometimes when you remember. But it was a serious issue. Okay, so your work on really improving transparency, accountability, and protecting parental rights is not just here in the Austin area, but goes back to some work we did in Houston. But tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll start um, laying out some of those things and letting our listeners and, and viewers know what's going on here in Austin. Okay, so I got involved in 2012. So I was a parent and also an attorney at the time in Houston. And some parents approached me and asked me just to look at a sex ed curriculum that was half video driven online. And I knew nothing about sex ed. Or, or I didn't, I knew nothing about curriculums in public schools. And so I watched it and I was surprised and horrified. And um, I thought it was very inappropriate. And I took it back to my neighbor and I was like, you should do something about this. And the next day, the Lord was like, no, you're going to do something about this. And so that's kind of where I started. And I set myself on a path where I helped those parents and we were able to get the curriculum removed before it got implemented, which was huge in Sci-Fair ISD. And I thought I could replicate that success. And so I went to the Capitol for the first time as something other than a visitor. And I went into each, I, I just, it was weird. I didn't even know what, now that I look back, I think, what, what was I thinking? But I made these packets, these booklets, and I would go into every office. I had, I had no appointment. I didn't call in advance. I would just walk in and I would start reading and showing pictures of what was in the curriculum. And Republican legislators would be with me. They would be like, oh my gosh, stop talking. This is so embarrassing. This should not be shown to sixth graders and seventh graders. And then I would walk into a Democrat's office and they would be like, hmm, sounds fine. And I was like, what? And so I was like, I'm a Republican. Although I'd always voted Republican, I couldn't have defended it in the way that I can now. Well, and, and striking to see the contrast, you know, and it's kind of interesting, a couple of things here, right? So look, a lot of people think you've got to have some special background or experience. And look, you and I are both attorneys, that, but that doesn't mean that we're more qualified to work on things in public schools when things are happening in our community that, that concerns are of concern. It doesn't mean we just naturally have more confidence to walk into a legislator's office. Anybody can do it. And to your point, you don't have to set up a meeting time. <laughs> and so it's probably a good idea, but it's not a requirement. I mean, I, I was at, uh, in D.C. a couple of weeks ago and I had one particular meeting that I was planning to go to, but I was like, oh, well, I'm here. I'll go say hello to Chip Roy. I'll go say hello to Michael Cloud. Um, so I just walked into Michael Cloud's office, and that's at the national level. And certainly here in Texas, you can just walk into their office. There are people there. I mean, that's typically what they expect. They don't get a lot of visitors. Uh, but let's talk about 2013 for a minute, and then we're going to quickly move because I want people to know what's happening right now here in Austin, particularly the past couple of weeks. But I mentioned that in our intro, and we're, we're talking with Jennifer Fleck, who is a concerned parent here in the Austin area, really trying to improve transparency, accountability, and you know, pulling back the curtain and letting people know just the disaster that is sex, sex education in our public schools in Texas, and worse so in some others, um, some than others. So in, in Houston, though, 2013, Texas values had started like less than a year before that. And I had been working in this field before that, but, but we started a new organization, SciFair. And I remember the curriculum was called It's Your Game. They had this online video 
that was very inappropriate. It was so inappropriate that when I was interviewed about it, I remember the reporter was like, you know, tiptoeing through the interview about what we could talk about because it was even uncomfortable for adults to, to discuss. And we actually complained about it online and on a video that we made and YouTube shut us down. Now we had just started to get going, so I just didn't know that we had our, you know, the strength, if you will, to, you know, decide we we're gonna take on YouTube. So we kind of let it go, but it drew enough attention that might have had a part of you getting involved, but certainly other people in the community. And that issue got uh, shut down, taken care of, or changed. And parents were outraged. And I mean, all we did, which I guess a lot of people don't, and it's not their fault. I mean, these curriculums are laid out. A lot of times they don't tell parents ahead of time. I spent like half the day at least, I don't remember how long it was, going through all of the videos and links Mm because it was a lot. And I just, you know, I, I was like, I can't believe this is in here. Yeah, it was really bad. And so it was it was written for seventh and eighth grade. And there were videos of young adults, not middle schoolers. There were videos of like young adults in bed negotiating oral sex. That was the video. One of the very, very bad videos. Yeah, it was like this is what it kind of like almost like it looks like or kind of. You know, this is how it would kind of play. I mean, it was. And then I would go to board meetings or meetings with adults and I would discuss what was in the curriculums. And I had I actually had an adult ask me to stop talking because there were children in the room. And I'm like, well, this is written for children. What's going to happen in the classroom? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's fast forward um, to now. All right. Big meeting or there was a meeting this week in Austin, but there's been several meetings. As a matter of fact, the spotlight, if you will, and the heat have been on Austin ISD because they had curriculum in place or they were trying to get curriculum in place. And it turned out that it violated SB 22 because the abortion provider, Planned Parenthood, was a part of developing that curriculum. That's no longer a no-no. In this, I mean, that's a no-no now in the state of Texas. That violates state law. But the timing of the law going into effect was September 1. We weren't sure how that, how that when it was going to get implemented. And so thankfully, Austin ISD saw the writing on the wall and drew back from that. But that didn't mean they were over. I mean, this has been going on for a, a year or two that they've been in this development phase of this new curriculum. So now they know Planned Parenthood can't help them. So they go to someone from Canada? I mean, what is going on? Well, I think they're writing their own. and Or it seems like they're developing their own because it's ever-changing. Every time they have a meeting, including the one that, that was this week, they're still developing exa- the final product. And so... So not only does the shack who... And tell us what the shack is. We're talking with Jennifer Fleck, concerned parent here in the Austin area on local uh, sex education issues. And don't just think of them as just local because it's probably happened in your school district too. Go ahead, Jennifer. Okay. Shack is... The shack stands for Student Health Advisory Council. It's in um, Texas Education Code 28.004. Which means every school district, I don't know if they're required to or they're required, they certainly... Um, have the freedom to have one or that's the intention? No, the statute says that every school district shall have a shack. And the shack is a, a council that's made up, supposed to be made up of mostly parents. Volunteers. Volunteers. It's a volunteer position. It's supposed to be mostly parents. And, and the majority of the, the membership should be approved or chosen by the school board. So and there's a connection to the government. This is essentially, I mean, arguably a governmental role, but it's being filled by volunteers for the school district. Yeah. And it's supposed to, according to the statute, it's supposed to be a reflection of the community. So the shack is supposed to be a reflection of community values. And so it shouldn't be 
a, a biased council. It should be, um, you know, it should be a reflection of the entire community, yeah. which well, isn't and, always true, yeah, well, which is mostly and, not and true. I'm sure it always works out that way. And I think that's the concern sometimes is it doesn't work out that way. We were at a shack meeting over a year ago, and, and these are, it's not like a city council meeting or like a hearing at the Texas Capitol. They don't usually get a lot of attention. And, and as a matter of fact, I think there were, at some point, there was a suggestion that you couldn't even really be a part of the meeting, that it was supposed to be closed off. And we're like, wait a minute, if they're in a governmental role and function, where's the transparency? Why, why can't the public at least appear or comment if they need to? And so I was there a little over a year ago at one of the meetings. And I remember one of the SHAC members, or it was Austin ISD member, one of the people involved in putting this curriculum together was questioned by a member of the community who I don't think they were conservative. Maybe they were. There were, I mean, this is Austin. There were a lot of people that, by the comments they were saying, I think was very clear. They were on a, you know, different uh, ends of the, the political spectrum, but it didn't matter because one of the things that one of these people involved with the shack said, um, or at least one of the parents was told was, um, you know, we're going to, after the curriculum's in place, we'll tell you what's in it. Just trust us. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't. That sounds like what they, you know, did in Congress at one point with Obamacare, right? You got to pass it to know what's in it. I yeah. mean, this is ridiculous. I don't trust the school districts, and I don't, I don't trust that the shacks stay um, pure or in accordance with the code. I don't know how it happens, but they get, um, they get deceived, and they get so that the members um, typically have a very strong viewpoint um, to one side. So it's not a fair representation. Well, okay. So, what happened this week? When with relate, let's get kind of down into some more details, and, and what do we think is going to happen next on this issue? So, well, the shack meeting was this week, and the the people that went, um, they didn't talk. They were supposed to talk about the sex ed so that they could make a proposal to the trustees. So, under the code, the shack is supposed to submit a proposal to the board of trustees, and then the board of trustees approves or disproves the recommendation of the shack rejects. or rejects. Yeah. And so so they were supposed to talk about that and adopt new bylaws. Neither of those things happened. And so they reset or scheduled a new meeting in like a week. And then the board of trustees meeting for AISD is the 27th. So it's it's they're they're a little bit hiding the ball on purpose. Um, the less the more they can do that, the less people show up at the next yeah, meeting. People get frustrated, so because uh, they come to a meeting and it, and it gets reset. And sometimes I'm not saying this is what Austin ISD is doing, and I'm not saying it's not what they're doing. I've seen it happen, and it certainly appears where they reset meetings. So people even knowing, hey, we'll reset another time, and then there'll be less people here, or maybe be people confused. I have seen that strategy used. A number of times. Well, what, well, what's concerning is they none of us, nobody, none of the parents in Austin ISD, and including the shack, nobody has seen the final curriculum that will be proposed to the board on October 27th. Nobody's seen it. Yeah. And so again, what are we talking about? How bad is it? And why are we not? Why haven't we seen it? What are what if you yeah, have what nothing? Are they hiding? To, yeah. If what you have, are they hiding? Yeah. If you have nothing to hide, then. We should be able to see it way in advance. We're talking to Jennifer Fleck, a concerned <clears throat> parent here in the greater Austin area. And these are about the issues of sex education. Just in case people aren't aware, state law does not require school districts to teach anything about sex ed. They're not required to. But if they do, they have to teach abstinence more than anything else. 
But frankly, just about every time I see these issues blow up, they're not even close to meeting that 50 plus one percentage threshold when it comes to teaching abstinence. And that's if they have to at all. I mean, it's really usually loaded up. I used to call it drug-based sex education because a lot of it, and I still would be willing to call it that, but a lot of it was based on get people on medications, get people on prescription contraceptions and all kinds of stuff. And you look at, you know, I mean, those are drugs, right? If you have to get a prescription, it is drug. There are side effects. Now, maybe those side effects, you know, the percentages of them happening are minimal. But if there's a side effect or potential that a young girl could die from uh, some type of drug-based contraception, that means parents should be involved. That means we should be thinking first before we say, hey, you should go do this. Because the reality is the only thing that uh, prevents sexually transmitted diseases and pregnancy 100% is abstinence. You know, people can argue about whether or not kids really follow that um, and what the statistics are. But if you want to teach a method, if it's followed, what works? There's only one that works 100% of the time. And so we've been involved in that conversation quite a bit year in and year out. But almost every time we see these issues come up, it is a lack of transparency. And the more that you ask for transparency, they get even more and more secretive. So you've been involved in this for, uh, for a good a bit of time. We need people to know what happens next as far as um, in the next week. You mentioned the date. Mention the date again of when the Board of Trustees meets for Austin October ISD. October 27th. October 27th. Mm-hmm. We know the timeline keeps getting moved for Austin ISD because more and more heat has gotten on them. And, and the Austin School Board has not responded very well to that type of heat because it's not Texas values up there on our own. These are local parents. Now, we have played our role. We've had members of our team that have testified and been a part of this process. But, you know, Jennifer, you did things in Houston. You're doing things now in the Austin area. Um, I mean, I think it's become very clear to you how important it is for, for people locally in their community to get out and then also to kind of do what they can to be a voice. Right. So I definitely, so any parent can volunteer to be on a shack in your own school district. Um, All you have to do is be a parent. So you can contact your district and ask what the application process is. So that's definitely one way you can get involved. Another way you can get involved, I'm always, 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 always recruiting. So another way you can get involved is to run for school board. I mean, we have to engage in the community. We can't, we don't assume that the people in leadership have your best interests. Don't well, the assume. phrase we hear a lot is government belongs to those who show up. Yeah. I mean, and that is just the reality. And we see that play out a lot of times when people aren't at these school board meetings. And that's not a criticism. I mean, you know, they're usually not at times that are all that convenient. People aren't aware of it. You know, we have busy lives. We're trying to take care of our families. You hope the people you elect are looking out for you, but a lot of times they're not. Right, right. And then in the state legislature, this session, I drafted three bills. They all got filed and they all had to do in some tangent way. They all had to do with this particular subject, one of which was a parent transparency bill. And um, none of them made it through the process. But as you know, it's difficult to pass a bill to law. Um, however, it is the catalyst. I mean, you gotta, it's like you got to save Chick-fil-A in order to pass a bill. <laughs> I know. It I'm is. trying to have some fun with it. Yeah. That's an important issue. It is. A ca- it is difficult to pass a bill. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times what you hear is it takes three sessions to pass a bill, you know, if you're lucky. Um, I feel but, like I've been working on yeah. this issue for three sessions. And sometimes so it's, it's time. more than that. Um, <laughs> but to your point... Uh, you know, you got to you got to start somewhere, right? Got to try to get the bills moving and not be discouraged if they don't get passed. That doesn't mean that it's not important. That means you got to just tr- give it a shot next time. But another, op- you know, more opportunities to educate people. Uh, and so 
<coughs> but you continue to make your voice heard. How's the response been? I mean, have you had more people saying, we like what you're doing, we like what you're saying, you're giving us more confidence? What's the feedback from people around you? Yeah, no, I mean, the, the longer I'm in it and the more visible that I am in this um, in this issue, the more feedback I get. And and I have parents reaching out to me all the time. So I think I'm in a catalog somewhere, but is what I say. But um, one thing I want to talk about real quick, because yep. I think people need to know, sex education is now a bifurcate, in Austin ISD in particular, is now bifurcated. It's not just sex education. It's gender ideology. There it's not, it's yep. not just about preventing pregnancy. It's not just about abor- pushing abortions, which is what Planned Parenthood d- does. It is now about gender. It has a gender agenda component. And so Austin ISD is, is not just about sex ed. It also is asking students to question their gender. Well, and that's part of our concern. So you got these concerns about the sensitivity of issues, the sexual nature of some of these things, if they're appropriate, if parents are getting notice ahead of time and an opportunity to opt out. Law says you can opt out. Okay, just so if I don't, if I and I haven't mentioned that yet, but I want people to be aware of that. State law allows you to say I don't want my child to be a part of the class that has this information, but a lot of people aren't aware of that. If you're not aware of that, you need to know how to do that. Contact our office. We'll, we'll work to get a letter or whatever we need to do to show you where in state law it shows you how that works. But you're right. We also are dealing with this push of political ideology, of people's individual lifestyle ideology. And it's not just simply here's more terms to know, and there's many of them in, in you know, the view for some that, okay, these are okay. The more you learn it, it normalizes these things. It also certainly looks to me like it is a way to set kids up so they can criticize what are traditional or just scientific fact that you have a male and female. And so that's one of the things that concerned us too with this, at least uh, some things we were seeing that were being proposed would set kids up to say, hey, you're strange because you believe not only marriage between a man and a woman, but that there are biological terms that are binary, male and female. And so turning kids into these, you know, activist, if you will, to your point, it's not sex education. I mean, that's a pushing a political ideology. And it's really stoking this situation to where you could have more conflict, you know, and less freedom yeah, no, uh, in the schools. It's very destructive. And as we all know, a, a, a brain doesn't fully develop until you're like 25. So you, in my opinion, you're messing with a child's identity. And to say that you can just opt out is not good enough for me. When I got involved in this issue, my kids were in private school. They weren't in public school. So people have to engage and get involved even if their, their specific child is not affected. Because we're talking about a generation that is being deceived by a very destructive agenda. And, and deceived at the ages of like 9, 10, 11, 12. This curriculum for AISD starts in third grade. Yeah. It's a problem, and it's bad. Well, and, and um, pretty soon here, the State Board of Education, the governing entity for the entire state as it relates to um, the education standards that public schools are supposed to use, they're going to be meeting on this pretty soon next year, and they have the final say, but, but it's split up. What, the guidelines that they put in place – do not govern 100% of what happens in the classroom. It's around 50%. 
And so that's been limited in some ways. Uh, but even if your kid's at private schools, um, next, if your kid's in a private school, ask them if they follow the TEKS, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. Many of them do. Even though they're private, they still use the state standards as a guideline. So don't think, oh, my kid's in private school, so we don't have to worry about it. Even some homeschoolers will use some stuff that the state's put out. So just be aware of that. But even if you're, you know, we just, I mean, look, you don't have to have kids in, in public school that care about our state and the reflection on those values. The majority of the kids are in public schools, and people should be following the law. And that is what we see is violations of the law. People think that they're going to get away with it. And um, but we're encouraged that people like you are out there getting the voice heard. And it's, you know, it's just so authentic because it's here locally. And that matters a lot. Let me just give you uh, 10, 15 seconds to wrap up because I got to do a little wrap up work before we do the, the show. But Jennifer Fleck, thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks. Yeah. Um, my wrap up would just be uh, run for office at every level. Get engaged. <laughs> no, really. It's I mean, run for school board, run for state legislature, um, get on the shacks, get involved. Don't allow other people to lead you to destruction and um, be at the board meeting on October 27th if you can be, because we need to show the board that that our values are not being reflected and that we care about these kids in Austin ISD. Well, October 27th, and I forgot, <laughs> big story this week, Twitter banned our website. What's the website? <laughs> uh, NoRadicalSexEd.com or .org? Dot .com. NoRadicalSexEd.com is the website. Twitter banned the website. Maybe that's why I can't remember the name of it. No. Um, I've, I, we had a, a lot of things going on this week. So NoRadicalSexEd.com. Twitter banned people's access and we put out a press release. We put out a complaint. I think it's been reinstated though. Um, so thankfully it got somebody's attention over there that something wasn't going right or, or it shouldn't have happened. But it's important to get this information out. If you think there's value in the work we do, go to TXValues.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. If you want to donate and come to our gala, Dennis Prager, all right, I announced at the beginning of the show, keynote speaker, breaking news, we're just announcing it today. Tickets are going to go fast. I encourage you, uh, sponsor a table. You want to go to the VIP reception and meet Dennis Prager, take a video with him. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but I guarantee you it'll be worth it. But you'll be investing in the work we do for faith, family, and freedom. We're the largest organization in the state of Texas that works on these issues. And so there will be a guaranteed return on your investment. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.